Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here today. I'd like to welcome all those watching online, possibly watching on demand. You know, I like to start with something funny. Did you hear about the Georgia score last night? Oh, man, kind of, sometimes funny kind of hurts, kind of hurts, but you know, I'm just going to own it, okay? For those of you that are new to Stevens Creek, I am a diehard South Carolina Gamecock fan, and so uh, people could not wait to see me early this morning because they wanted to make sure that I heard the news. Yeah, so I, I've heard the news, and uh, so I will say this, uh, enjoy this moment, okay? And just uh, take it and with honor, uh, but don't be prideful because pride comes before a fall, okay? Now, let me say this to the Gamecock fans, uh, both of you. Um, <laughs> you know, we're two or three of us gathered together, you know. Uh, let me say this. It could have been worse. <laughs> My grandfather always told me that. He said, son, it could have been worse. Really, it could. I remember when it was worse. When, when I was like 10 or 11 years old, uh, my dad took me to Sanford Stadium for the first time. And when we arrived there, we got there early. Uh, this was before it was a bowl stadium. It was when they had the, the railroad tracks there and people used to sit on the, uh, the hills there to watch the game. This is old school Georgia football. And we, Carolina went in there, and I'll tell you, by the time it was over, it was 52 to 14, Georgia. And so, yes, it could have been worse. We're thankful that they were easy on us. But, okay, I think about my, my dad just instilled uh, college football, and for 40 years we had um, season tickets. Then I was introduced to high-definition television, which is awesome. And so it's, um, you know how awesome that is. But speaking of, about my dad, I was with him. Uh, he's uh, in an assisted living home, and I was with him, visiting him just recently, and he was telling me, and let me say this, uh, since my mom died, he has moved into a little bit of dementia, and so you, sometimes you have to listen to what he says with a grain of salt, you know, says, is this the dementia talking, is this the medicine talking, or is this, you know, reality talking? But anyway, so he was telling me this, he said, Marty said, you wouldn't believe it, said I was asleep last night, and all of a sudden, this woman walked in my room. And she took off her shirt and started to get in bed with me. And I screamed, wait a minute, this ain't your room. This is my room. Get out of here. Now, if you could only hear my dad with his accent say, tell this story, it is hilarious. And, um, and uh, he said, the lady uh, grabbed his shirt and, and moved on. And I'm thinking like, okay, is this the dementia? Was he really having a dream or what was going on? So I didn't think, ask too many questions. So I walked on out after the meeting, after um, being with him. And a lady, a worker there grabbed me and said, Marty said, I just want to say I'm so sorry. I said, what? She said, you know, our laundry service is, is, does a really good job. And I'm trying to figure, what are you talking about? She said, our laundry service does a good job, but for some reason, um, they got your dad's clothes mixed up with uh, another resident lady's clothes because um, I think that lady over there has your daddy's shirt on. 
And sure enough, I looked over there, and this woman is wearing my dad's button-down shirt at, at lunch that day. <laughs> you can't make that up. And so my daddy is sharper than you think he is. That has nothing to do with what I'm preaching about. I just thought it was funny. And so it has nothing to do with, Patty says, well, it does, because you want to talk about dreams. Well, today we're starting a brand new series called It's a Time to Dream. And this series is built on the foundation of a verse found in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 8. And it says, see, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. In this series, we're going to see how God opens and closes doors in our lives to accomplish His wills. I believe that God has opportunities knocking at your door. I really believe that. I believe uh, that He wants you to take a step as He opens the door and embrace these opportunities. Now, all of us have dreams. And they range in a a number of ways. There are some of you that you dream of getting out of debt. Maybe you dream of paying off your house. Maybe some of you are dreaming of a new promotion at work and moving further in your career. Some of you are dreaming uh, to get better or, or to get healthy or maybe to break an addiction. All of us have dreams. And when we look at these dreams, oftentimes they are so big. I mean, can I ever get out of debt? And we think, man, they're so big. I don't know if that could ever happen. But when we look at dreams that are so big to us, I want you to understand they're not big to God. Because you see, God created the universe. God spoke, and his one word of authority formed the worlds, and, and he took the dust of the earth informed man and he breathed the breath of life into us. Here's the point. Jeremiah 29 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I think we could read that verse, and many of us have memorized that verse, and we put that verse on our dashboard, and we see it on a regular basis. But we could also read that verse like this, I know the dreams I have for your life, and they're good dreams. They're not going to harm you, but they're going to give you a hope and a wonderful future. So here's the big point for the entire series, okay? The big idea that you'll hear every week for the entire series, God's dream for your life is far bigger than your dream. God's dream for your life is far bigger than your dream. How do I know that? Because God promises to do more than we imagine. In Ephesians chapter 3, it says these words, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than you ask or even imagine according to the power that works within you. God can do immeasurably more. More than you can imagine. He arranges all of the circumstances in your life. 
what you think are just happenstance or, or you think that it's just coincidence, but God is orchestrating those events. I mean, think about it this way. Look at that person that arrived in your life at just the right time. Or maybe that opportunity came at just the right time. Or maybe the check came in the mail and you said it came just at the right time. It is very clear that God is working behind the scenes in our lives to accomplish his will. Even though you can't see it, he's working. Even though you don't feel it, he's working. He never stops working to fulfill his plan and purpose in our lives. I believe that God has a dream for you. Now, what do we know about that? I believe that a dream defines you. We shape our dreams And then those dreams that we have start to shape our lives. If you don't have any dreams, you're not going to have a definition of your life. I think that's a problem. It's a problem in our culture. If you do not have any definition of your life, no dreams, you're going to struggle. And as a result in our culture, so many people are confused about their identity. They're confused about their identity because they can't answer the questions, who am I? Where did I come from? Where am I going? What am I supposed to do? When you cannot answer those questions, then you will be confused about your identity. You will be confused about your purpose and about God's dreams for your life and why he made you. So a dream defines you, but not only that, a dream keeps you growing. There's something about a compelling dream that you want to grow and you want to learn all you can about that because that thing, um, it touches you in a deep place and and it causes and it pulls you there and you are trying to find people who have been where you're going and you're, you're talking to them, you're growing, you're studying, you're learning, you're opening up God's word, you're trying to understand, and that's what a dream does. It keeps you growing. I think the third thing it does, I believe that a dream focuses your energy. It focuses your energy. And we struggle with this sometimes because we live in a culture, we live in a culture that wrestles with distractions. Because there seems to be a distraction on every part, every turn that you make. Somebody vying for your attention, somebody to get you to go down this path or to get you to do that or to do back up or to move forward. You know, and all of these opportunities become distractions. That we have this fear that we're going to miss out on something. And that fear that we're going to miss out on something causes us not to focus on what is important. You see, the Bible says clearly in Matthew, it said you need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all of these other things will fall into place. When we fail to put God first in our lives, um, all of these other things are not going to come our way. We've got to put God first, and then he will add these things. It's about keeping our priorities in line. It's about a dream focusing the energy that we have. The fourth thing, I believe the dream stretches our faith. Because we have this dream, but then we look at our abilities, and we say, there's no way we can do this. There's just no way. But you see, God wants us to understand 
that yes, humanly speaking, there is no way, but God works differently than we work. What we see as impossible, God sees as possible. And so we understand that as we trust and believe in him, when we put our faith in him, then it opens the doors to miracles in our lives. Over the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about faith. And I want to talk to you uh, from a story of a man named Abram. Um, and we'll call him Abram and we'll call him Abraham. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. But Abraham is probably one of the most famous, probably the most famous person in the Bible outside of Jesus Christ. And maybe one of the most famous people in all of history. And why do I say that? Because Abraham is known as the father of faith. In fact, three world religions look to Abraham as the father of faith. You see that in Christianity, you see that in Judaism, and you see that in Islam. They all point back to Abraham being the father of the faith. Now, Abraham came on the scene about 400 years after uh, Noah's flood. And he was a descendant of Noah. And by the time he was born, everything um, was back to normal in the world. People were thriving in every possible way except in their spirituality. You see, the people in his day, in Abram's day, didn't include God in their lives. Kind of pushed God to the side. And it was during this time that God spoke to Abram. It was during this time... Um, that God was leading him and giving him a vision of a new future. Now, Abraham was in his mid-70s about this time. He's about 75 years old. His wife, Sarah, or Sarah, uh, was 65 years old. He was well-known in the community. He was very prosperous. He was a businessman, and he had a great influence. And God broke into that world and said, I've got a plan for you. I've got a dream for your life, a purpose for your life, and I want to expand your influence. With that being said, we open up the pages of the Bible to Genesis chapter 12. And we're going to stay in Genesis for uh, the, most of this message from here on out. Genesis chapter 12, begin reading with verse 1. It said, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and I want you to go to the land that I will show you. Abram, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. And God is saying, leave your country, leave your people, leave your father's household, go to the land I'm going to show you. Well, this was all about faith. Go to the land that I will show you. I mean, can you imagine what that would be like? I mean, you're in the prime of your life. You have a good job. You're settled. You have a nest egg. You've got a home that you like. You've got friends that you like hanging out with. You're an upstanding, influential person in the community. People respect you. You've got a good future ahead of you. The last thing you want is to move. The last thing you want in your life at this age is to have any kind of change take place. And yet God prompts you and said, I want you to leave. I want you to leave your extended family, your friends, your country, your home, your business, and your security. 
And on top of that, I want you to go to a place you've never been before. That had to sound ridiculous to him, especially when he said, I'm going to make you into a great nation. That's ridiculous because here, Abram is in his mid-70s and he didn't have any children. How would you respond to that kind of prompting? Hebrews 11 and 8 gives us some insight into Abram's response. He said, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, he obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. This is about faith. He stepped out, he obeyed, and here's the point. Faith calls us to trust God even when the road ahead is uncertain. Faith calls us to trust God even when the road ahead seems uncertain. And that's where some of you are today. You've got uncertainty in your life. You've got this dream, you've got this goal, but you find yourself at a crossroads. And you've got to make this decision. Which way are you going to go? Are you going to continue to live like you've always lived? Or are you ready for something better? I believe that over the next several weeks, God's going to be prompting some of you because he's got a better plan for your life. It's time for you to dream. It's time for you to dream again. God wants to expand your horizon. He wants to increase your influence. He wants you to be that person that he's created you to be. So what's your response? Abraham obeyed, and then he went. Our response should be the same, that we should obey, we should live out a life of obedience, and then we should step out in faith. Obey and go. Now, when I was a kid, there was a commercial on television about a bus line, and it said, go Greyhound and leave the driving to us. Now, most of you don't remember that because you're uh, too young to remember that, uh, that commercial. Go Greyhound and leave the driving to us. God wants to expand your vision. He wants you to step out. God wants you to go, step out in faith, and leave the driving to him. Trust him. Trust him behind the wheel. Some of you guys, you don't trust anybody behind the wheel of your car. You're the first one in, and you're going to grab the wheel. I get it. I understand that. It's your car. You're going to drive it. But you can't be like that on your life. You've got to trust God and leave the driving to him. Let him direct your paths. God is calling you to step out. He wants you to trust him. Now, here's what I've learned over the years. God rarely gives you the big picture. God rarely gives you the big picture in advance, but you have to trust God with each step because big dreams call for big faith. He rarely gives you the big picture. Now, 25 years ago, if you were to come to Stevens Creek Church, this is what it would feel like. You would see, uh, show this picture, you'd see 1997, a picture of a school auditorium, a school lunchroom with metal chairs and 
and that was our, our life. Now, we had this dream of reaching the community, and we had this vision, but I'm telling you, what we see today is much different than what we saw back in 1996. In fact, God rarely shares the big picture. 25 years ago in 1996, we were a struggling congregation that had just sold our property on Old Petersburg Road. And we were in the hunt for land to build a church on. Now, we're a small congregation, probably 200 people or so, maybe less than 200 when that picture is taken. And I'll never forget, we looked all over the county looking for uh, land. And, um, and every time I'd go on a piece of land, it was like, oh, no, that's just not it. Or maybe it's too far, or maybe it's whatever. It just wasn't it. And I was kind of discouraged during this season. One Saturday morning at 5 o'clock in the morning, the Lord woke me up and said, get up and pray. And I got up and I prayed. I prayed for a couple of hours. And then after that prayer time, I did what a lot of people used to do back then. I went out in the driveway and I picked up the Augusta Chronicle. And it's because I wanted to read the paper. Today, you just download it and you read the digital uh, version of the Chronicle. But back then, we went and picked up the paper. And so I opened it immediately to the classified section because that's what I was doing. You didn't have Zillow. You didn't have Realtor.com. You didn't have these other online uh, tools to search for land in the community. What you did is you got the paper, you opened it up to the classifieds. That's how life worked. And I was, I was going down that list of um, land offerings, I noticed something that I hadn't seen before. For the very first time, they were advertising land on Evans to Locks Road. And when I, I saw that, it was like it left off the page at me. And and I called that number, and I asked him some details about the land, and I said, can I see it? And so we set up an appointment, and Patty and I drove over uh, at 11 o'clock that day, and we drove down this dirt road off of Evans to Lock Road. And in my mind, I'm thinking, he's taking us, uh, he's taking us to the back of the property. And we, it was a beautiful property, rolling hills and so forth, beautiful property. And I asked him the question, Mr. Davis, I said, Mr. Davis, I said, uh, how much road frontage do you have here? He said, I don't have any road frontage. I said, you don't have road frontage. And I'm thinking, how in the world can you build a church with no road frontage? He said, no. And I'm thinking, like, God, why did you wake me up at 5 o'clock in the morning to cause me to come over here to look at land that doesn't have road frontage? That was literally my unsanctified response to that. And then I went the next step in my mind. I'm thinking, okay. Uh, how about who owns the road frontage? And he said, well, Miss Goforth owns this land, and so-and-so owns this land, Mr. Rhodes owns this land. I said, do you think she would sell? I don't know, you'll ask her. Do you think Mr. Rhodes would sell? I don't know, you'll have to ask him, but there he comes right now. And so down this dirt road comes a pickup truck, and he um, stops, and I go over and say, hey, Mr. Rhodes, I said, I'm Marty Baker from the Harvest Church of God, and and." Would you sell me this land over here? He said, that ain't my land. He said, that's my cousin's land. But if you want some land, I got some land over on Stevens Creek Road, I'll sell you. And from that moment, I, Patty and I, we drove over to this property, and there's a little country road that, uh, from off of Stevens Creek that we came down that dirt road. 
and we walked this property, and right here where the stage is sitting, it was, there's trees everywhere, but there was this open pasture, open knoll right here, and just right here, there's a rock right here, and we came over here, and we, we sensed something. Here's what we've learned. When God gives you a dream, he tells you just enough to get you moving in the right direction. He tells us just enough. He said, I need you to go over to Evanstalock Road, and I need you to walk some land with Mr. Davis over there. You know, seven years after that, Mr. Davis still didn't sell that land. He said, Marty, I talked to him seven years later. He said, I just put it in that paper that one, day, that one time. When God gives you a dream, he tells you just enough to get moving, get you moving in the right direction. God doesn't always explain himself. But God is causing us to, to move and to trust him. God called Abraham, and Abraham obeyed, and he went. And I'm sure that Abraham had some doubts, but he went anyway. I'm sure he may have argued with God just like I've argued with God, just like you've argued with God, but he went. He may have wondered, but he went anyway. He obeyed, and he went. Next verse, Abram left, and as God uh, had told him, let me say it this way. So Abram left, as God had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sarah, his nephew, Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated and the people that had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Now, when Abram left his home in the Ur of the Chaldees, he traveled to Haran, which was about 800 miles. And then from Haran to, um, to Canaan was another 700 miles. He traveled the ancient uh, trade routes of the Fertile Crescent, and he eventually arrived, arrived at a place called Shechem. If you were to go to Shechem today, it's in the central part of the country of Israel. We call it the West Bank. And what Abraham was realizing is God's vision for his life was so much bigger than he imagined. When Patty and I walked this property that first day, and we gathered about right this spot, and we prayed, oh God, would you use us? And would you use our church to be an influence for Christ in Columbia County? To be an influence for Christ in this community. We had a vision of what the church could look like. We desired to see a place where lost people mattered to God, and if they mattered to God, they mattered to the church. We had this vision of what we felt like God could accomplish, but let me say this. God's dream is always bigger than we imagine. God's dream for your life is always bigger than you imagine. But let me go on. But his timeline is almost always longer than we expect. His dream is bigger than we imagine, but his timeline is always longer than we expect. 
It always takes longer. It takes longer than you think it does. And too many people give up on God's dream for their life because they get impatient and they don't wait and they don't work the process. God has a plan for your life, but his plan also has a timeline. And you've got to trust that he will always be on time, that he will never come early. And no long, uh, and you've got to know this, that it not only takes you longer than you're going to expect, but it is often going to be much harder than you imagined. And when God gives you a dream, he's going to use this dream to stretch you, to stretch you and move you out of your comfort zone. I want to encourage you, those of you that are listening to me online, those in this auditorium, I want to encourage you to step out in faith, but to know that stepping out in faith can be a stretching and very challenging thing to do. I want to encourage those of you that are going to start a business and you've got this dream in your mind, I'm going to do this, I'm going to open up a practice, I'm going to start a business, I'm going to... um, Create this thing. If it's God's dream for your life, it's going to require faith. But even with your faith, it is going to take you longer than you imagine. And it's going to be harder than you think. And it will cost you. And you will have to sacrifice. Too many people in our world, they don't understand the word sacrifice. But when you have that dream, um, that makes you uh, roll up your sleeves and go to work and burn the midnight oil and study the documents and study the textbooks and and really prepare yourself for that moment. It's going to be harder than you imagine. 17 years ago, we started a company called Secure Give with a dream to help churches fully fund their ministries in digital giving. Of course... In those days, there was no such thing as a giving kiosk for churches until we created one. And so many times, people look at the success of that company and they don't see the pain or the difficulty. All they see is the success. They don't realize that Patty went five years without a salary. They don't realize that we second mortgaged our house to fund the dream. All they want to talk about is the 1,600 locations you are across America. But they don't see the pain and the difficulty of that dream cost. Because it's harder than you think. It's harder than you think. Tomorrow, this auditorium will... Um, host the Give Conference Monday and Tuesday and there will be 150 church leaders that represent 75 churches across America from anywhere from 200 to 20,000 members will be here at Stevens Creek Church studying uh, stewardship. The dream God gave us nearly 20 years ago is much bigger than we ever thought it would be. But it has been much harder than we imagined to. Here's the point. Following God's dream 
does not mean everything will be easy, but it does mean everything will be possible. When Abram arrived in the promised land, he built an altar and he worshiped God there. Pick it up in verse 8. There he built an altar to the Lord and he called on the name of the Lord. His very first act in the promised land was to build an altar and worship. That's the pattern of the life of faith. God calls, we respond, we move out. We arrive and we worship when we get there. We worship. The land was only a piece of the puzzle. God said, I'm going to give you a new land, but he understood that this land was dedicated to him. This land was to be a land of worship. Some of you feel like you've been stuck in the same place for week after week and month after month and some even year after year. You feel like there's some type of a glass ceiling that keeps you from going to the next level, keeps you from being that person you've been created to be. I don't know God's timeline for your life, but I do know how you can get from here to where he wants you to go. And that's come to a place where you surrender your life to him and worship. There's something about moving into his presence. There's something about praising your way through the difficulty. That even in the midst of the challenge, in the midst of the season you're in, that you learn to praise God. And as you begin to praise uh, him, even sometimes out of the difficulty and out of the pain, that you give him honor and you give him praise. Say, God, I don't understand it, but I'm going to trust you and I'm going to praise you. That as you start to praise him, those praises go up and he releases his presence in your life. And there's nothing like the presence of the Lord. And when you're in the presence of God and just one touch of his favor can change your life forever. Just one touch. And that we come to a place where we just fall down and we build an altar. We worship before him. God, I surrender. I give this to you. I give this dream to you. I give this debt to you. I give this uh, promotion to you. I give this relationship to you. God, I surrender it to you on the altar and I worship you and praise you. When you come to the place where you can lay your dreams on the altar and you can begin to worship and honor him, what you'll discover is the impossible will become possible. I want to leave you with one word before I pray over you. Lord, I cannot, but you can. And as you approach that dream, that vision, that opportunity, that relationship, that addiction, that debt, 
whatever it is, that you own the fact, Lord, I cannot, but you can. If you'll come that type with humble approach, God is going to lift you up. Let's stand together. Father, I'm praying over this congregation today. The one in this building, the one that's watching online, and I pray in the name of Jesus that your presence would be strong in this moment. Father, I pray over families today. Families that their number one dream is simply to have peace in their home. And so, Father, I pray right now that the power of the enemy would be broken over the houses and the homes. Um, And I pray, God, that you would release peace. Father, we speak to the enemy. The enemy that is bringing discouragement. The enemy that is bringing division. Satan, you have no authority over the families of Stevens Creek Church. We declare in Jesus' name that God is bigger, he is stronger, and we are releasing the angels of heaven to go and camp around about um, this church and around the families of this church. So I speak life to you. I speak deliverance to you. I speak freedom to you. God, come and move. And those things that we feel are impossible, come now, Lord, and open the door that has been closed. God, bring comfort where there's been discomfort. God, bring help, bring resources. Father, I pray for relationships right now where there have been uh, husbands and wives with uh, carrying so much in pent-up anger that every time they talk, it seems like their conversations are escalating into arguments and oftentimes it is for really no good reason. I pray, Father, that the spirit of contention, that anger, I pray in the name of Jesus that it would be placed on the altar and I pray in Jesus' name, God, that you would set that family free from that bitterness and that anger and that you would bring peace in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for those that are suffering from cancer, those that are suffering, God, from heart issues and kidney issues. I pray, Father, for those that have uh, suffered and are suffering or family members from COVID-19. We pray healing over you, and today we're pushing back the darkness where the enemy has tried to come in like a flood. We are standing in agreement that the Spirit of God is going to lift up a standard against him. So we declare there's freedom in Jesus' name. And so today, we receive what you have for us. Let's say that together. Say, God, I receive what you have for me in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you today. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to stevenscreekchurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.